She is very real about helping you find your style. And with big dreams of starting her own fashion brand one day, Charlize is building herself a platform on Instagram and TikTok with her fashion videos. Having just started her content creating journey in the middle of 2020, Charlize has already amassed a following of over 669 million followers on TikTok and over 30,000 on Instagram. Very impressive to say the least. This is the result of hard work, consistency, and passion. In this episode, we start by discussing her TikTok content creating process, how she finds her style, the difference between fashion and style, confidence and passion building, keeping a healthy relationship with social media, the art of self-expression through style, and developing creativity. Then to close everything off, we discuss being Asian Americans and the identity formation process from initially rejecting our cultural roots to finally appreciating and learning more about our Asian culture in America. We briefly discuss the future of the Asian American identity and how we can use our passion and creativity to establish a presence to be proud of our true identity. Please enjoy this episode. Happy 2021, everyone. Welcome to the T Show. 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 And this is To Tea Together. Welcome, Charlie's to To Tea Together. How are you doing today, Charlie's? Happy 2021. Happy 2021. I'm good. Yeah, awesome. Well, it's great to have you on the show. Um, for for those of you who don't know, Charlie's. We have Charlize, Char X style, uh, known on her social media. She's a fashion student at Fashion Institute of Technology and the content creator of helping you find your style with a TikTok following of over 669 million followers and Instagram following of 30,000. Very impressive, especially the fact that all of this journey began back in um, early 2020, around, around June, you would say, right? Yeah. Well, that's impressive. This is the result Thank of, you. yeah, like a half, not even a full year, just half a year of hard work, consistency, discipline, and passion. On top of that, she's also the host of the podcast host of Totally Unexpected, where she gets in depth and personal about her journey as a Taiwanese American pursuing the world of fashion and business. It's great to have you on our series, Artists and Tea. Thank you. Um, I'm really happy to be here. This is like my first like actual like interview type thing. Yeah, I mean, this is also the first time me giving an interview with someone who I have um, no background, no background uh, relationship with previously. So this is very exciting and new. Wow, this is, like, this is the first for both of us. Yeah, a good start to 2021. Yeah. Um. So. A little intro on to tea together. We are the only, the one and only podcast facilitating togetherness with Kung Fu Tea, um, where tea is just as much a center of conversation as it is not. It's using tea as an intermediate and bridge in bringing diverse minds together and hosting conversations worth having around um, during a, a tea session. And the tea of today is um, some Dian Hong. Dian Hong, Yunnan Dian Hong black tea, which we're both drinking. Even though this is conducted virtually, it's still, <laughs> this, we still have the same essence of sitting very, down. Still very connected. 
exactly connect it through tea it's very good thank you yeah it's um so this a little bit about the tea it's it's actually one of my favorite teas and my go-to black tea uh, it's brew got a very golden orange color with sweet flavors and gentle aromas its uniqueness is that it's produced only in the Yunnan province of China and which is the place of origin of all teas it hosts the largest and most ancient tea trees that are up to 100 years of age um, resulting it's just, if you can if you see the tea leaves it's um it's, it's got this large leaf material mm-hmm. um, which is a different variety of the tea plant from areas in um, southeastern China where a lot of the teas are also produced and so what this allows with the larger tea material is that you get endless brews and it's a very adventurous tasting experience so you started back in 2020 um, yeah. how would you describe your TikTok content creating process um so i was just kind of like at home you know because of the pandemic so i was kind of just really bored and i didn't really have anything to do so i decided that i would kind of because i was like going into fashion school i really wanted to do like just more things that have something to do with fashion so i decided to start making like fashion tiktoks and Mm -hmm. So I would just like spend like every day because especially because it was the summer, I would just spend every day like filming videos and like posting them. And, you know, with stuff like TikTok, like there is like some sort of, I guess, like formula of how to like get followers and for people to just see your content because I am making the videos because I like fashion and everything but obviously you still want people to watch your stuff like you don't want to just throw it out there for no one so I was trying to figure out ways of how to get people to see my stuff and it's a lot of just like being consistent and like Mm. staying like trying to stay motivated so I would post like a video every day and I would start getting like a lot of views and then just like followers and then so that really like kept motivating me like oh like people actually like my stuff so yeah after that i just started like really working on the videos after that wow so at what point did you realize and like after how long has it been that you realized that though this is starting to gain traction and all that um i think like once you start like i think like after you hit like a hundred followers the followers just keep coming in like really fast Mm-hmm. Like it would be like a hundred and then the next day it'd be like 500. So then like, I think that really was like, Oh my gosh, like this is really like, like people like actually want to see myself. And then like also people were like commenting stuff like, Oh, this like actually like really helps me. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I started like my, my whole goal, like when I started was to like help people, but like, I didn't actually think it was like that helpful. Like it was never like in my mind that I was like, oh, this is like actually helping people. But like people would like start telling me like, oh my gosh, like I didn't like think that I could like find my style or something like that. And then they're like, these videos have helped me a lot. So mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I've seen, um, so I'm not, I don't have a TikTok account. So I actually didn't see you on tiktok first but i actually discovered um saw one of your videos on on instagram reels oh um, really yeah yeah it was actually through instagram reels um and um so like what I, from what i've seen from the few videos is that i usually post um there's like a common theme with like what to style 
And so do, do people just look at those or do people also send, um, send you stuff like, Oh, I'm having trouble with my style. Like, can you help me out? And then like, you just like talk to them. Like what's that process like? Yeah. So I do also get a lot of like messages, like just asking like, what should I wear with this? Or I just need help with my style. And like right now it's really hard for me to like reply to all of them. Cause I do have a lot and like with mm-hmm. everything going on, I just like don't have as much time, but sometimes I would like take the time. And like, if I have like a lot of time on my day, I would just like go through my messages and, you know, answer people because some people will ask me like very specific questions. Like, I have like a birthday party to go to tomorrow. Like, what should I wear for this? And I would like basically ask them like, so what type of clothing do you usually like to wear? Mm. And um, if they tell, and they'll like tell me like, I usually like to wear this. And then I'll give them like a few suggestions of what would fit that and for the occasion as well. Wow, that's that's a lot of uh, actual personal touches to it. That's awesome. and I was like, how has TikTok, like, how has TikTok evolved and how have you adapted to the trends? Mm, so TikTok is like a very fast paced app. I guess that's how they like are so successful because it's always changing in every way. And like, it's like, there's always new trends and there's always also like new updates in the app. So like, you always have to follow the trends. So I'm always just like, usually like a day before filming, I'm kind of just scrolling through my TikTok page, seeing like what a lot of people are posting and like what's trending right now. And mm-hmm. then I ha- I'll i like try to like, whatever the trend is, I'll try to adapt my niche into that trend. So like, I'll just like try to figure out a way to either make outfits for that trend or just basically blend fashion into it. Mm. Wow. And um, also, I remember listening to your podcast, um, and you were pretty much discussing your your own journey with with fashion and everything. And I'm curious, what what inspires your own style, since that has evolved since you know helping out with other people finding their style. How has your own yeah. style evolved? I think once, like when I first started TikTok even though like my message to people was helping them find their style, I definitely didn't think I had my own style down. But I think ever since then, I've like, through TikTok, personally been able to also expand my style because I would do like a lot of specific styles for people like, Mm -hmm. people would be like, can I have this one? Or can I see this one? And so it, it also like opened me up to a lot of different ranges. And so I also definitely got inspired by like my followers too. And just like social media in general, I feel like is such like a why there's like so many variety of like things that you can like get inspiration from. So I definitely go on social media a lot and just get inspired by all like everyone that I see. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I think like now since the like before, I'm definitely a lot more secure with like the style that I have now and I think it's a lot more unique than before and mm-hmm. I honestly I think that's because of like starting like TikTok and everything so starting that and whole thing that has actually helped you with your own finding your own style yeah. too yeah and 
so before starting TikTok, have like people, I guess before starting TikTok, it would just be around at school and in your, in your in your friend group. Did your friends also come to you for style? Um, I guess like for like they don't like personally come to me and be like, Shirley's help me find their style. But you know, I think like what a lot of like friend groups do is like whenever they're buying clothes or just like picking out outfits, we'll always like text each other in our group chat being like, I don't know, like what will this look good with? Or like, should I buy this? And, you know, I think we just all help each other out. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, And um, another question I have is like, what does, what does fashion mean to you? Because, you know, fashion is, some can definitely, it can definitely be an art. And while for other people, fashion is just wearing plain clothes just for function, having, you know, having warm, it's more functional. Whereas nowadays with social media involving everything it's become more like a self, self-expression and like an art pretty much. Um, and so I was wondering like, what, what does it mean to you and how do you view it and why is it important? For me, like, I think fashion, well, I think fashion and style are like two very different things. So I think like, fashion is very much like the industry term and it's Mm -hmm. like what the industry uses that's basically everything that's on trend and basically for the industry to know what to produce and to appeal to the public because that's like what's trending right now but i think like in terms of style like style is very much like the self-expression and i think it's one of like the most important forms of self-expression because it's very physical. Like as soon as you see someone and you, you like see what they wear. And like, even though if someone says that they don't like to dress up, like they just like wearing sweatpants, that's still like your style. Like mm. that's still your form of self-expression, like wearing sweatpants all day. Like that's like, it doesn't have to be like something like so like amazing and unique. I think that's more of like what fashion is, is that it has to like be like, like it has to look good it has to be what a lot of people would like well i think style can literally just be like anything mm. oh okay so all right so you make a really clear distinction between fashion mm-hmm. and style so fashion is more of like in in uh, more of like a industrial not industrial but like more of i guess commercial or like more of like um that side whereas style is more personal and mm-hmm. unique to the individual self yeah uh wow that's cool um yeah um so did you always plan on pursuing fashion or was it just something that you discovered in this passion that just kind of evolved recently it was like so like when i was applying to colleges i never really like especially like freshman year i didn't really think i was going to go into fashion Mm-hmm. But then like senior year or going to senior year when I was trying to figure out what colleges I was going to go to, I just like in my head, like I was like, oh, maybe I could go into fashion because I, I knew I never wanted to go into something like, like be a STEM major or like, you know, <laughs> anything like that. Like I, I was for the longest time I wanted to be a theater major. Um, but I think like in high school, I did a lot of like activities. So I did like a lot of like theater activities. And then I also took a lot of fashion classes. And I think like taking fashion classes in high school was when I kind of realized that I like, it was something that I liked. And 
you know, after doing like theater for like three years in high school, I was just kind of like, I mean, I like this, but I don't know if it's like technically something I want to go into when I'm older. And so like applying to colleges, like I started like applying to like fashion schools as well. And like Fashion Institute was like one of them. But like up until like getting accepted, I still like wasn't 100% sure like what it was I wanted to go into. But then Mm -hmm. like once I got accepted into the Fashion Institute of Technology, I was kind of just like, like I was a lot more excited than like the other schools I got into. So I was like, oh, maybe like this is something that I really do want to do. And like after like taking classes first semester and starting TikTok, I really like started getting into it like even more. Would you say... Would you say it's so it it definitely seems like it was developed. It wasn't like from the young age from early on, you were like, I'm committed to going to fashion. Right. Um, So it's almost like been a, like involved, uh, kind of evolved just like almost like a trend. And would you say it's, it's become to the point where it's definitely has allowed you to discover your passion. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. And cause also I'm thinking like usually, you know, especially as Asian Americans pursuing the world of fashion and going to fashion school isn't very conventional, mm-hmm. nor is it a common path um, for Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. And, but I saw, that's why I believe that pursuing this clearly is, there's a lot of passion that is involved. And, but so how has this journey so far contributed to your personal growth? And I know you only started um, just finished first semester. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, been able to like make me a lot more confident with who I am and you know like obviously like you have to have supportive parents to be able to pursue something like this like this isn't just something I can like pay for myself and like go into so you know I think also like with my parents being able to like support me during this and like being like totally fine with me going into this it's just really made me like secure and mm. like just really like confident with what I'm doing yeah yeah that's that's pretty interesting because um I feel like that that's it's definitely a very cultural thing of mm-hmm. kind of having the parents of having their approval of doing something it's a very eastern philosophy yeah you know respecting the elders <laughs> like my parents I'm also pretty grateful that my parents have also been pretty pretty chill and lenient on whatever I want to pursue mm-hmm. um but you mentioned the aspect of confidence. How do you build confidence? What's your perspective on that? I think it's something that you just have to like keep telling yourself. Like you have to like constantly remind yourself because I don't think like, I think you could be confident like as a child, but then, you know, as you grow older, like having to like deal with, high school and just like everything in society like it's really hard to maintain confidence so I think like for me like throughout high school and everything I would just kind of basically like convince myself that I was confident and like like even if like during like the times that I'm not confident like I'll just try to like basically like tell make it seem like I am and it's like if you keep doing that Mm -hmm. like you'll like eventually I feel like convince yourself and be like oh like I am confident because I feel like confidence is something that like when if you exude confidence like 
people will just kind of be like, oh, like, you know, like she is confident. Like you, like they won't like, you know, like for like Rihanna, for example, like I think a lot of people like will say stuff like Rihanna could wear a trash bag and she'll still look good. And that's like, that has something to do with confidence because it's like, she's a very confident woman. And mm-hmm. so she can literally like do whatever she wants and people will like be like, oh, that's fine because it's Rihanna. But it's like, if she wasn't confident in herself, then no one would say stuff like that because it really, like the energy is like, just like, it, it really gives off like a certain energy. So I mm-hmm. think like giving off that confident energy can like build your self-confidence up and like make people believe that you are. But it's also, it does take time to like actually believe it yourself and like for me personally too like it was really I think like starting TikTok and everything it really made me realize that you know because you're putting yourself out there on social media and like right. so many people are watching you so it really kind of had to make me like regain that confidence because it was really hard like going on social media and then like having everyone watch you and then like comparing yourself with everyone so it was something I had to like relearn and like you know, but I think like, it's just like a process that you have to be patient with. And mm-hmm. like, just like knowing that, like, when you're not confident, like being able to identify that and like identify what you think about yourself and like trying to like fix those things. And like, um, basically knowing that you like lack self-love and that's like something that you need to work on. Right, right. So it's a, it's a lot of mixture of things to build and develop it. Um, mm-hmm. As you said, it's that first phase, it's that first initial aspect is thinking that you're confident. So having that initial mindset of yeah. setting yourself up for success, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, having self-awareness about yourself and who you are. Yeah. Um, I'm very interested in hearing your thoughts on, you know, social media, because for me, like personally, like, I agree. Like social media is, it's, it's definitely almost, especially our generation, everyone's on social media and you can find anything on social media. And it's also, there's good and bad to it. Um, but you mentioned the aspect of comparing yourself to others and how that can drain your energy and, and all that. So how, how do you keep a healthy relationship with social media? I think like you have to really know, cause you know, when you go on social media, like I said, you compare yourself with everything. But I think like knowing that everything you see on social media is just like, really sugarcoated, like no one's gonna show their bad side on social media. Like it's always majority of time, they're always going to show their good sides, like, you know, like, whenever they're on vacation, whenever they look good and everything, or just they'll never like show like the parts that are really ugly or anything. So I would always like tell myself like even though like you see this on social media like these people like living looking like they live such like a great life like knowing that that's not always the case 100% for anyone like no one's Mm. life is like that perfect no one is constantly like always looking like that like you know and like taking like myself for example like everything that I post on social media like I always have to make sure like it's something that I look good in, but like, I'm not going to post myself like laying in bed, like sick Mm -hmm. or anything, you know? So like just being able to like know that 
not everything you see is like what it is right. and like being able to come to terms with that i guess just makes it like makes you feel better and like you won't compare yourselves as much yeah and that that's very true um sorry i had a brain fart (laughs) (laughs) um yeah like social media and and mental health is a big thing Mm -hmm. um and uh Wow. <laughs> I really, really got you with my, my deep thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I want to continue off your thought and your train of thought and continue off that, that line. But I've completely just, it just like ended right when you said. <laughs> um, so, so I guess I'll jump on to something else and maybe if it comes back, we'll go back to it. What has been some like struggles along the journey so far that you've experienced and has that also at the same time contributed to your, your personal growth? Yeah. So like my confidence, like I said, was definitely something that I had to regain because like once I started, it was, you always are like comparing yourself with other like creators and like seeing like why they're doing well or, you know, and there's like this thing on TikTok called like pretty privilege. So it's like, if you're like very attractive, like exceptionally attractive, all you have to do is like stand in front of the camera. And then it's like, all of a sudden you get like a million views just because you're pretty, you know? And so I think like sometimes when you see stuff like that, it's like, it does like affect your own confidence. Cause you're just like, Oh, how can this person get a million views just by standing in front of the camera? But it's like, you know, I work like two hours on a video and it's like, I can barely right. get like 20, 20,000. And it's like, I think like it really helped me learn to like, just like be satisfied with everything that I have. Mm-hmm. And like, like I said, growing that confidence. And I think like it also pushed me to like work harder, you mm-hmm. know, like even though I can't get a million views just by standing in front of the camera. And like for those people who can, like that's totally like good for them. But like if even though I can't, like it just pushes me that like to work harder and like, you know. But also like knowing that I like even though I own I don't get a million views on a video, like I'm still like really happy with like even getting like a that like like three views. Like that means like three people are watching my video and like taking time to watch the whole video, you know? Right, right. And you know, I feel like even that, like, that's hard to do to get people to just sit and down and like watch the whole length of your video. So like, it's really like had me like, made me like come to terms, to, like appreciate every single view and everything. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're creating, you're coming up with this content, you're putting it out. And this is the your true self. And I think it's very important to not have that mentality of it's only good if I get this much views. It's only good if I have this much likes, you know, it's, um, it's having that self-awareness whether or not, you know, you really put your effort into this video. I think that's what really matters. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you're, you're still young, just started, just started college. What's your, have you thought about like your long-term vision and goals, you know, as a, as an influencer and also as a fashion student? Mm-hmm. Um, well, 
I get asked like, what do you want to do after college? By like, my professors, literally like all my professors in the first day of school. And I, I never like really know like what I want to do, but mm. I think like something that my professors do say is like, you are at this young age and there's so much like opportunity in the world now that mm. like, it's okay to dream big because there's like no harm. You're at a young age. Like there's really no harm dreaming big. Absolutely. So I think one of my goals for like fashion is to, I like, I really want to be able to like at least start like my own brand. Mm. Um, and just, I think like having a social media account really can help with that, you know? Um, and in terms of social media, like, I think I just, my goal for social media is constantly like reaching more people to help more people, you know? And I, cause I think especially like with this generation and everything and with social media being like a growing thing, that a lot of people really, you know, going back to the social media thing, like comparing themselves with everything. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like, I also think like when you don't like know your style, it can really affect, like you feel like lost, you know? Right. I think like just reaching more people and being able to help more people like find that sense of style. Mm, yeah. Like social media, like you said, it's, I feel like what you're doing right now is great because it's, you're essentially building yourself a platform. And, and I think that's, that's, that's the good part about social media is that, uh, you you can have your own platform you can speak out on your own on your own like your own perspective and your own vision and there's no one to really uh, say anything about it because you're the one that's controlling it i feel like there's always good and bads to anything and the good side of social media is that it's like i said the the aspect of giving yourself your own voice and being real um and building yourself the platform and with with you you know have content creating and making these videos obviously requires a lot of consistency and and hard work and everything and so those specific values um while in your pursuit of you know content creating does it come naturally or um because you're working on something you love and or is it something that you that you need to consistently work on to you know i got to push yourself because i set myself this date or it just comes naturally that you're consistently putting out the content? I think you, it's not something that's like easy, like constantly like pushing yourself. But like, I think if it's something you're passionate in, then you just like, you always have to, especially because like, this is something I want to do. Like if I quit now, then it's like, what's the point? Like, if, I feel like if you quit, then it's like, are you really passionate about it? Like, if you're really passionate about it, you should constantly keep going. And I think stuff like this, like it takes a long time to really be successful. I mean, there are some cases where it could like happen overnight, but I think with stuff like this, it's just a long process and just staying consistent with everything. And, you know, right. just trying to keep that passion and like knowing that like I started everything because I was passionate about it. Right. And I think we mentioned a lot about, we mentioned a lot of uh, the word passion. Mm -hmm. And, and so what is, what does that really mean? You know, having passion in life and finding your own passion? I think 
like it's just I feel like you never like are like 100% sure like you don't just like wake up and you say like I'm passionate about this right. but I think it's like this I think it's like something that you have to like feel like once you try a lot of different things like I think it's just something that like in your in your heart you're like oh my gosh like this is really something that I am into and I think it also shows through like the motivation that you put into it like comparing to other things mm-hmm. and you know that's why like I'm so thankful for like my family being like very supportive over this because I feel like you know you could go into a job and like be like I don't know like what's something that parents like an accountant or something yeah and like you can make money off of that maybe but like Mm -hmm. if you're not passionate about something like that you're never gonna be like at the very top you know you're not passionate about there's always something holding you back so I think it's really good to like pursue the things that you're passionate about because if you're passionate about it then you're determined to get yourself at the top right and you're putting your full heart into it because you're so involved in that certain thing Mm -hmm. and I think um going back to confidence and also in relation with confidence and passion, I think that because you mentioned that confidence builds up with, well, first initially with thinking that you're confident, but you just can't think you're confident. You got to do things in order to build, in order to sustain that confidence. And I think that, you know, confidence and passion goes along. If you're doing something that you're really passionate about and you're, you're putting so much of your time and energy into it, you're naturally, you'll naturally build, the confidence because you're doing that's the that's the action part right uh, right some thoughts on well some of experience as an asian american uh, pursuing something more of the arts you know well, how has that identity contributed to you know your life and whether like your your process of content creating or you know just your overall mindset like i'm not sure if you have put that into uh, your thoughts on uh, within terms of your vision and goals? I think with like me being Asian American, it pushes me to work a lot harder because, mm-hmm. you know, even though people do say like Asians are like the model minority. Um, and I think like as an Asian, like there are some privileges that I do have compared to a lot of other people of color, mm-hmm. but like, still when you're comparing yourself to like like white people it is something that does affect in like you know in work and everything and like being able to succeed like when you see tiktoks most content creators that you see on tiktok that are really successful like with the most following majority of them are white like you rarely ever see someone of color and if there are like people of color that still have a lot of following they're not going to be like as successful So I think you still have to, you know, as a person of color, you have to work harder than a lot of people. Um, But I think that's also like a good thing, like pushing yourself and, you know, it's, it's a challenge, but like constantly challenging yourself and working that hard, I think makes you a lot like stronger as a person. So, you know, I think just, it, it really like, I just really like know that I have to work hard in order to, try to be at the same level as other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Drop some tea. <laughs> what are you studying right now? Um, I study, uh, so I go to liberal arts college. So my first year, it's very funny because for me, my first year before going to college, um, um, I didn't have to declare, at least for this, at least for my school, I didn't have to declare a major because um, usually you go in and your first year, no one really has a set major. Yeah. And so before going in, I wanted to major, I wanted a double major in physics and engineering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then after like, I think three weeks or like halfway through the semester, um, I realized I, I can't do physics. Like I, I love the subject, but I'm just, yeah. it's not what I like to do. Mm-hmm. And so that changed to, okay, maybe I'll, I'll go into maybe like computer science. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was still that mindset of, I feel like at that time I was still really pressed on the mindset of pursuing something that is almost like more stereotypical or like what is like, what you hear around around you a lot like oh i'm going to something's very stem but like all throughout like i i knew for a long time that that's not something that's not my strong suit and also it's not what i'm the most passionate about and i'm someone who really wants to wants to seek passion because i feel like there's i, I sense a lot of fulfillment when i'm doing something yeah. that i'm really involved in and so now um so now i'm pretty much so, so like once I got, so actually tea helped me a lot because tea is very much my, uh, my passion. And that's also related to my identity, I think. So as an Asian American for me, um, tea, I really want, when I got into college, something that I learned a lot about myself is that I, I realized that, you know, as Asian Americans, you grow up in a Western, Western culture and Western society. Um, so you're very cultivated with the, um, you know, Western styles and traditions, but at the same time at home, at the household, um, you know, and when you go back to China, your grandparents and everything, you're, you still have the Asian side of you. Mm -hmm. So there's that mixture of two identities. Yeah. And I don't think that, and I, so I feel like the mixture of two identities does not mix a new identity, which is your third identity, which is the mixture of the two. And I feel like for me, tea, why I'm so passionate about tea is because it's that, it's that thing kind of bridges my identity together because um, tea has a lot of aspects of like very cultural and, and historical um, aspect to um, to Eastern philosophy and, and traditions. While at the same time, what I want to do with tea in the future is to bring tea to the West and kind of um, introduce it in under new light and new perspective and kind of build a tea culture that is like the same as not even coffee culture, more similar to wine culture, because I see tea, like artisanal loose leaf tea, more, more closely related to wine. Yeah. Um, and so for me, uh, what I'm studying is anthropology and math. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was a long answer to your question. <laughs> no, that's, that's cool, though. I mean, I think that's, I feel like a lot of people like change their majors in college. Um, so I think that's cool that your college doesn't like, you don't have to have a set one, like first year. Yeah. So, uh, we talked about, you know, your perspective and your story, you mentioned fashion and style, the distinction, mm-hmm. but what about overall that aspect, you know, 
um, the self-expression as an art. You know, when you're not like physically someone who can like do other like things that are creative, I mm. think like style and everything is like one of the easiest ways for you to do some self-expression. And it definitely is like a form of art because it's since it's like you don't you don't have like anything, you know, it's just like you're just creating something with no like direction or anything. And mm -hmm. it's like you can pair literally anything together. And, you know, like something I really love is like layering. And it's like you could like layer like two pieces that you like no one would ever think would like look good together. But yeah. like, you know, you're just you're experimenting and it's like they might like actually like end up looking good together you know so it's all like a very creative process like building an outfit and everything right building an outfit yeah do you think that in life like anything that you see can be seen as from an artistic perspective yeah i think having like a creative mindset with anything you do because i think it also just like you can turn a really dull thing into something a lot like more interesting with the creative mindset. And I think like, personally for me, like in other ways, I think I'm not like a super creative person when it comes to like designing or anything. But I think mm -hmm. like with fashion and everything, like I can be, and it's like, I guess it also helps me try to like be creative with other things in my life as well. How how do you find how do you find uh, ways to develop your creativity? Um, I get I get like a lot of inspiration just like from online, you know, and also like I feel like you can get inspiration from literally anywhere. Like you could like just be walking around, you know. Like I like taking walks on the park a lot, and mm. I think like you could just be walking around and like you might see something that all of a sudden like catches your eye, or you just like really like like thinking in your head while you're walking and it's like I feel like a lot of things just kind of like pop up like in your right. like while you're thinking and reflecting like especially like with me like creating outfits and everything like sometimes I'll just be like laying in bed and then all of a sudden a thought will come in my head and I'll be like oh this might look good with this mm. and then you know and then you just apply it and yeah. So even for you, like when you're thinking about building an outfit, for example, you also think, so sometimes it just naturally comes to your thought, like, oh, this will pair well with this, or like this would go well with this. Yeah. It's not like it's, so it's a lot more, it's a lot less analytical than more, yeah. I guess, more sense and experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what about over quarantine? You know, we've spent a lot of time at home by ourselves since COVID started. What was what some activity that you've, you've, um, you've engaged in to kind of develop to stay healthy to remain maintain a healthy relationship with yourself and with to balance with what you're doing I think like because like we're inside a lot you have so much time and one of like the things that I like used to do a lot and it's like like when you have so much time you kind of just like stay lying in your bed like just like doing nothing the whole day like it's really easy to just do that yeah. so and whenever like those days happen I always like at the end of the day I feel like really bad because I literally didn't do anything so I really been able to like start like planning more and like organizing more with my schedule and like I'll like have like this like 
schedule on my phone. Like when I wake up, what do I do? And, you know, I always just try to find things to fill my whole day. So I'm not just like on my phone all day. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. I'll have like, um, like play the guitar or learn this or, um, go outside at this time, you know? So I'm, I'm just, I just like, I'm constantly like trying to like fill my time by like just filling with a bunch of like different activities I can do. So having a versatile um, involvement. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Well, um, that's, that's as much as I've kind of prepared for. Is there anything that you want to say in particular or questions you want to talk about? No, is there like because i know you live in canada right i feel like i i follow a lot of like i follow a few like canadian fashion bloggers um so is the fashion in canada like is it is fashion like a big thing in canada um i think it it really depends on region like so where i'm at where i'm at toronto it's definitely has toronto has a very big um, hip hop and also it's a very diverse city and it's quite large and there's the different areas with like their unique culture and I do I do think that there is a very uh, there's probably yeah there's definitely a very big um, fashion culture in in Canada in Toronto specifically. Is there like a large Asian population in Toronto? Yeah, yeah, there is. That's nice. uh, yeah. Well, about you, you live in St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. There's like, I feel like there's like, you always meet like a lot of Asians, but I don't, there's not like this like huge population, I feel like, because I feel like I don't really have, like, I only have like a few Asian friends that I do have. Because I think one of the big things of living in like, because I also live in a very conservative area, is like Mm -hmm. the a lot of the Asian people that are here are kind of like they don't like to accept the fact that they're asian or they really yeah. reject they reject asian culture a lot right so it's really hard to like make friends that like you know are fully like because there are a lot of people that i went to school with who are asian but like they hate speaking their language in public and like they just like make fun of their own culture and so it's like, obviously you don't want to be friends with those people. So yeah, I, I think it's like really hard to like make like Asian friends here. What, what's your thoughts on that? You know, like what, like from you, from your perspective or experience, um, have you like, were you once like that? Or have you always been like very proud of your cultural roots? I think I used to really be like that. And I think like, especially like, Towards the end of high school, I kind of like got out of it. But I think during quarantine and this whole pandemic, it really made me like fully like satisfied with my culture and like who mm-hmm. I am and getting a lot more into like Asian culture because, you know, I feel like because you're away from all of that, like because there's so much like negativity and like in high school and because you meet all those people like surrounding you who are also like that, it's really hard to like mm-hmm. accept yourself and stuff like that so like i think like once i like graduated high school i felt like like this whole like weight was like lifted off my shoulders mm-hmm. um so you know i think i've been 
I was like really able to like get out of that mindset of like rejecting my culture. Um, but you know, like there are still like some people that I know who are still like that, but. I'm so glad that you brought this up. Um, so glad you brought this up. Cause I think that was, that, that's a very important point, you know, cause for me, um, I, I actually didn't grow up in Toronto. I grew up in a smaller town. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Ottawa. It's like four hours away. So it's, it's very small. Um, and as expected with any small cities and places in any Western countries that it's mainly, there's not a really large Asian population. So for me growing up, it was the same thing Yeah. where uh, um, kind of like rejected your cultural roots because at school and everyone, even all the Asians around you, like people kind of neglected their kind of try to put away their, uh, their cultural side and wanted to become really immersed himself in that, in that Caucasian kind of uh, mindset and life, and so I I totally get what you get what you're saying by um, by that. And also, it was actually the same thing for me when I got into uh, university that uh, that I started to realize that holy crap, that's that's like the wrong right. mindset. Yeah. Like yeah. I can't be like that. You know, you gotta be proud of who you are and gotta kind of um, really you know, be true to yourself. Yeah. And that's, that was the biggest, that was the biggest thing. And I feel like definitely for a lot of Asian Americans, when they, when they, at some point in their lives, they kind of go through that phase and kind of realize that yeah. point. Yeah. I think it is like a struggle, like trying to acknowledge. Cause like, if it's like something that like you feel like throughout like school, that's like a lot of mm-hmm. your life. So it's definitely really hard to get out of that mindset. But I think it's like all about like the people you hang out with too, because, you know, like the people who are still like that, that I know, like, you know, they still hang out with like the same people from high school. And so also like, just because also those people are also like the people they do hang out with also like kind of like egg it on, you know, like also like saying things Mm. that, you know, you probably shouldn't say or like very stereotypical things. Um, and like mm. with like the coronavirus and everything, like there is like this really like calling like the coronavirus, like the Chinese virus, you know, and there are like people from my school here, like who were like Asian would like post on Instagram and be like, oh, yeah, like I started the coronavirus. Like, like that's just like, uh. I don't know, like, you know, like. It's kind of embarrassing, right? But it, yeah. So, and I definitely think it's it's like the people you hang out with because, like, if I said that around my friends, like that would like totally be like unacceptable. But like, you right. know, I guess like the people he probably hangs out with probably like all like really were like, oh yeah, like they thought it was funny, you know? Right. Ah. Uh, hey. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I feel like with that, it it definitely takes time because I feel like this this mixture of culture of, you know, coming from growing up in or growing up in a home with a culture and then going to school and being surrounded by a different culture. It's, it's definitely like a very new thing in 21st century, you know, with, with a globalization, a lot of people from, you know, not just obviously China and, and Taiwan, like, you know, other Asian countries have a big majority and population of, you know, moving out and going to Western countries. It's a, it's a big phenomenon. And I think it's also something that 
like we are probably the first generation of of uh, of people who are experiencing and having forming this identity uh, mm-hmm. pretty much and i think that in the future um in the long term i feel like it's it will take time to establish and that's why i think that it's so important to to really pursue you know and really do things that are true to yourself yeah and not doing it because of of what other people around you or other people or like general mentality of a of a group is Mm -hmm. thinking yeah um yeah so that's why then that's why like i really respect what you're doing you know also with what i'm doing with tea ultimately it it comes down to you know really that self-expression through you know passion and with with passion and i think that with that there is a lot to come in the future of you know there needs to be well i think there needs to be like uh a role model or inspiration for for asian americans for example yeah in order for things to progress yeah yeah Yeah, but how, what, what, so like, since that's what you, since that's what we're talking about, what, so what are, what are some things that you do in order to kind of connect with your cultural roots? Uh, I think like, well, like with my family, you know, I, I sometimes like my family and I will discuss it or I love going back to Taiwan because that's where Mm -hmm. my family's from and just like, you know, experiencing like everything, like the diff- the totally like different culture. Like it's really nice to like, just like leave like where you're from and going, obviously like right now I can't do that. But like when I do, it's just like being able to like take it all in and like um, just like experiencing everything and like hanging out with all my family members back in Taiwan. Yeah. Um, but yeah. How often do you go back to Taiwan? Um, I usually go back maybe like every other year if I can. Okay. So um, still, still like quite frequent. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, do you also feel like different, like in new perspective every time you go back? Yeah. And I think like every time I go back, it really like, you know, like even, even when I was in high school and like going back to like the whole, like rejecting your culture thing, but like every yeah. time I go back, I feel like it made me like embrace my culture even more because i think like the culture there is really amazing in asia Mm -hmm. so it's like when you experience that it's like you really don't want to like leave that all behind exactly no for me like before like around high school and also before high school growing up when i would go back to china whenever i did i will always compare it with like i will will compare china with like canada be like oh, this is different. And like, I'll compare which one, which side is better. And like, I'll always say like, oh, Canada is way better in China. And then, but now when I go back, it's like, I kind of just observe and kind of appreciate the differences. And it's not that one is better than the other. It's just that they're very different and they both have very unique sides. Yeah. That you got to be very proud and kind of learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it was a great talk. Yeah, for sure. He got pretty deep. Yeah, I did. 
Um, but I think it's great. I, that's the whole, that's the whole essence of, you know, having tea. It's great having you on Charlie's. Thank, Thank you, you so having. much. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Uh, we can, no, we can talk again sometime. We should do this again or something. Yeah, we should Usually. definitely do it again. Yeah. No, cause like you're still, you're, you're still at the, I wouldn't say you've reached your peak. Like you're still starting out. You're still growing. So there's a lot of, there's a lot to come in the future. So I'm very yeah. excited for what you got going on. Thank you.